0: Island Church in Galveston, Texas, welcomes you to our podcast. Be encouraged by Pastor Rusty Martin as he teaches the Word of God. Praise the Lord. Anybody know what we're studying? Spirit, soul, and body. We saw both in 1 Thessalonians and in Hebrews chapter 4, where we are actually three-part beings. How many realize that? We are a spirit. Everybody say, I am a spirit. You possess a soul. Say, I possess a soul. And you live in your body. Everybody say, live in my body. That's your earth suit. Amen. Amen. Somebody, some of you might need to iron your earth suit. (laughs) Amen. Take care of your earth suit. Your your body is your license to be on the earth. Did you know that? Without your body, you're not legally here. And in reality, without your body, you will not be here. You say, well, you know, I I know this ghost. You don't know a ghost, you know a demon. Because every spirit being has been uh, relegated to a specific location and the specific location of the human spirit outside of the human body is one of two places, either in heaven with God or in hell separated from God because of original sin. Amen. That's why we preach the gospel. That's why we give. That's why we build buildings. That's why we do missions. Is because God is not willing that any should perish. He doesn't want anybody to go to hell. Amen. And we want to help him do anything he would desires to do on this earth to make sure we can get as many people as possible born again, touched by the power of God and discipled to go out and get other people born again. I believe we are on the precipice of harvest, that harvest is, is going to begin, and it's going to be unprecedented, the amount of people that are going to get it saved and brought into the kingdom of God. And then I truly believe we're living in the last days right before Jesus comes back. I, I, we always mention on Wednesdays Joe Morris because he's that's when he puts out his uh, uh, end time update. Uh, I listened to it this afternoon, as a matter of fact. Amazing, amazing what is going on. Uh, that they're not reporting, that they're not telling us about uh, in the Middle East. And uh, uh, did, did you hear about the the th- that was amazing? Uh, a nuclear scientist for uh, for Iran that was assassinated. Have y'all, did y'all hear that? They did that with a satellite. Woohoo! That means you could be walking down the street and just <laughs> where'd he go? You know, I wonder if that was a rapture. Somebody said, it doesn't smell like it was a rapture. You know. <laughs> Amen? Well, that's how close we are. Last of the last days. Thank God we need to be busy about the master's business. So we have started studying last week spirit, soul, and body. Now, let me, let me kind of give you a little, uh, what could I call, a precursor to why, why. Okay, why study spirit, soul, and body? Well, there's so much going on right now that is, that is invading the soulish realm of men and women. I mean, people are more fearful than they've ever been. People are more intimidated than they've ever been. People are more agitated than they've ever been. People are more angry than they've ever been. People are more upset than they've ever been. And God doesn't want you living like that. Angry, upset, full of fear, uh, you know, wondering what's going to happen if, if these people get in power? What's going to happen if these people get in power? Well, as long as God's in power, you're going to be all right. Amen. And thank God He's in power. Jesus is still on the throne. Nothing's going to change that. So he's going to take care of his children on the earth. Amen. But in the meantime, you're going to have to, and I'm sure that every one of us have experienced this. We've had to deal with emotions we thought we'd never have to deal with. Amen. We've had to deal with thoughts we've never had to deal with. I mean, we're literally pioneering a brand new ground in thinking and and resisting the devil and resisting diseases and and resisting thoughts of financial destruction. Just about everything you can think of that's negative and bad, uh, there are things stimulating thought and thinking and and all kinds of things that if you're not careful, it can drag you into a place of fear or place of doubt and really mess you up. But the Bible says in Romans chapter 12, don't be conformed to this world. Amen. Now listen to that word. Don't be conformed to this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind that you may prove what is the good, acceptable, and perfect will of God. Listen, the church needs a revival of transformation. Where the thinking of the... You say, well, you know, I think this way about this and think this way about that. Listen, you need to think in line with the word of God, period. You don't need to think like a Democrat. You don't need to think like a Republican. You don't need to think like a socialist. You don't need to think like a conservative. You don't, know, you don't need to think like a, a black man or a black woman, a white man or a white woman, a Hispanic man or a Hispanic woman, an Asian man or an Asian... You need to think like, a God, like God's child. You don't know, think the thoughts of God is what you need to think. That's the only way you're going to make it through these days, Because there's so much out there, so much information out there that's just just bombarding people's minds and and people are having such trouble trying to assimilate it on, make sense out of it. Listen, you can get frustrated doing that. Amen. You know, here, let me give you a good, just a good bit of pastoral advice. As things get more intense and intense and intense, just make your world a little smaller. You say, what do you mean by that? Don't, don't just, you know, throw everything about who you are and what you do. just, just throw it out there for the mat. No, make your, just kind of bring it on in, your family, your church, your God, and, and just kind of bring it on in and make it all a little tighter. And I guarantee you, you won't have to deal with a lot of things the world's dealing with. Now, last week we were looking at the flesh. Your flesh is not your friend. Your flesh wants to do all kinds of things that are not good. It all, listen, it, it, it craves, your flesh craves comfort. Amen. Amen. That's why I think we answered last week a, 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 a question about uh, fasting. And we, instead of just fasting, we ought to always say fasting and prayer because fasting without prayer is called dieting. Amen. So, you know, if you diet, that's one thing. But if you fast and pray, it's another thing. But what fasting does is humble the flesh. It causes the flesh not to be comfortable. Uh, Many times in church, people, you know, we we do our best to to, to have comfortable seating for people. But the Bible says one of the signs of apostasy in the last days is people will not endure sound teaching. When I I came back to the Lord in 1984, went to Bible school at Lakewood Church, uh, we had an auditorium that sat 4,000 people. And we had 4,000 of the cheapest metal chairs you ever saw in your life. I mean, they were absolutely, uh, yeah, they must have got them from, 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 from uh, some death camp in World War II or something. They were horrible. And Kenneth Copeland came one Sunday night, and he preached for four hours. And it, it, Brother Osteen got up on Sunday morning and apologized to the church. He said, I am so sorry for making you people sit on these chairs all these years. They are so uncomfortable. I had to sit there and listen to Kenneth Copeland for four hours, and I didn't realize what those chairs can do to you. So we're going to buy brand new chairs. And that was my first act of faith financially was to pay for two brand new chairs. They were $75 a piece. It was theater seating. And, and when he asked, who wants to buy a chair? My hand went up with the two, and I thought, why did I raise my hand? I don't have $75. I surely don't have $150. But thank God I was able to pay for them. Amen. But the, the, the flesh craves comfort. It wants to be comfortable. It wants its appetite satif- satisfied. Amen. You need enough sleep, but you don't need too much. You need enough food, but you don't need too much. Amen. Uh, there are things we do need that our flesh needs, but there's a balance to all of that. And when your flesh gets out of balance, you're miserable. Yeah. Sickness and disease attacks your flesh, removes the comfort. You're discomfortable, or you have a disease. Amen. You've got to understand that your flesh puts demands upon you. I mean, realize that. I remember one time we 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 were buying a new bed, and we went to to the place where we buy our furniture, and we felt this bed and. And we thought, man, this is great. But we brought it home and we slept on it. And when we got up, we were just kind of like. And so I told Lee, I hope they take this bed back. Because if they don't, I'm going to throw it out the window. And thankfully they did. And we got one that was what? More comfortable. All comfort, all comfort of the flesh is literally designed to hook you. It is, there's a hook to it. You say, what do you mean by that? Well, there's nothing wrong with having a comfortable bed, having comfortable furniture. But then you start comforting the flesh in other ways. You take drugs, you take alcohol, you take other things and you put them into the, your body that produce a feeling, that produce a euphoria, that makes your flesh feel differently, sometimes elevate your mood, sometimes depress your mood. Listen, that's one of the biggest hooks in the world. The, 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 the illicit drug industry, my goodness, if the church had that money, we'd be 10 years into the millennium. But people have they get that feeling, then they chase it. They gotta go get why? Because their flesh cries out, I gotta have it, I gotta have it, I gotta have it. Amen. So we study that and we're gonna bounce back and forth because we're gonna start into the soul tonight, the mind, the emotions, your will, and how these two things are connected. Your, your flesh your mind, your emotions, your will, they're all connected. Now listen to me, listen to me. We'll prove this to you spiritually. They are connected together to work against you. Now that's if you desire to live a spiritual life. If you desire to live a spiritual life, your flesh and your mind will be the battleground in which you're going to have to fight the devil on a continual basis. Do you realize that? But if you make a decision to fight that battle, Jesus will make sure you become an overcomer where you are not dominated by your mind, your emotions, your will, or your flesh. You're dominated by your spirit where God is and His will is being done in your life. Amen. Now, the problem we have many times is that in our, in our personal makeup you say what do you mean by that our personal makeup spirit soul and body we're democratic in nature i don't mean democratic by political party i'm talking about democratic by government by government edict or issue you say what do you mean by that we vote we have a voting process that goes on we're decisions that are made based on the democracy of who we are you say what do you mean by that well you want to go to church and you're you know, your body says, no, I, I've been at work all day. I, I don't want to go to church. And your mind says, no, no I don't want to go to church. I, you know, you, I've, I've been with the body all day, you know, and I'm, I'm tired. I, wanna, I just want to sit there and watch TV. So they both vote, no, no. Y'all look so spiritual. I, this is a Wednesday night crowd. I forgot. This is the spiritual crowd. Amen. <laughs> so your body votes no. And your, 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 your mind votes no. And your spirit's over here going, I want to go to church. I want to go hear the word. I want to praise God. I got an offer and I want to give. I want to give. And your body says, shut up. And your mind says, shut up. <laughs> and if your body is strong, and if your mind is strong, you get outvoted two to one every time. So there needs to be a revolution in your life. A violent overthrow of the democracy of who you are. And in its place, there needs to be installed A theocracy. You say, what do you mean a theocracy? God in charge. That means there's no more vote. We're going to do what God says. We see it in the Word. That's what we're going to do. No more vote for the flesh. No more vote for the mind. We're going to do everything based on our spiritual decisions. Body, shut up. We're going to church. Mind, shut up. We're going to church. Body, shut up. I'm going to read my Bible. I'm going to pray. Whatever it is that may produce some kind of discomfort for your flesh and mind... You say, no, 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 no. We're going to obey the Word of God. And if when you begin to do that, you strengthen your spirit, man, the real you on the inside, and you become literally a spirit-led individual. Amen? Amen. Now, let's look at a couple of things real quick. Well, we're right here in Romans chapter 8, so go ahead and turn to Romans chapter 8. Let me find it here in my King James. Romans chapter 8. Let's start there in verse uh, verse five, Romans chapter eight, verse five. For they that are after the flesh do mind the things of the flesh. But they that are after the spirit, the things of the spirit. Now, I, I don't I don't know about you, but I I like to I like to keep my body in shape. I don't I don't like to get run down or anything like that. But I do not put Uh, all of the effort of my life into my body now there are people that do athletes, other people that it's kind of like a mindset that everything I'm ever going to get out of life I'm going to have to get it through my body amen, which is kind of sad because even in the highest level of athletic endeavor you only got a short window of opportunity to, to make your mark in that particular sport amen And there are other things that people do. You know, there's people that are involved in entertainment and dancing and and choreographing, all that. But still, you you have a short window of opportunity in which everything you try to get through your flesh or your body, you're not going to have that much time to do it. So you better be pretty successful in that open window of opportunity or else you're going to come up short in life. You're going to have to mind the things of the flesh. That means you're going to have to, you're going to have to, you know, take care of your body. And listen, when you do that, then you're, you're just going to have a fleshly existence. And one day, one day, your body will fail you. Somebody will run faster, jump higher. Somebody will throw the ball faster, shoot it better. Amen. Whatever it is, somebody will do it better. And you'll begin to regress as that person progresses. Amen. So, notice what it says again, King James. They that that are after the flesh do mind the things of the flesh, but they that are after the Spirit, the things of the Spirit. Now notice this. For to be carnally minded is death. Now listen to that. For to be carnally minded is death. Now you have to understand, first of all, what is it to be carnally minded? Well, carnality or being carnal means you are sense ruled. That means you believe everything you hear, see, taste, smell, or feel. That's it. If it comes in through the information gates, that's your reality. Now, a lot of people say, well, Pastor, that just makes common sense. You have to live like that. Well, I agree, there's you can't just, you know, put two blinders over your eyes and two corks in your ears and say, I'm just gonna live by the Spirit. I tell you, I'm so holy, I'm so spiritual, I'm just gonna walk. Hey, well, your spiritual walk's gonna end right out here in this street when a car runs you down. Sure, you do, you do need your senses. But you need to be in control of your senses instead of your senses being in control of you. Now let me say that again. You need to be in control of your senses instead of your senses being in control of you. Now if you do that, you're making a a step towards spiritual living. Now let's stick stick with me with that thought. It says, uh, For to be carnally minded is death, but to be... Now notice the term... Spiritually minded is what? Life and peace. So here you have what? A choice. Literally, the Apostle Paul was a great comparison preacher. A lot of comparison in in, in the curse that came through Adam's fall and and, and the power that came through the resurrection of Christ. Adam the first man, the last man, Adam Christ. They call him the second, but he's the last, amen. Amen. And the reality of living by the curse of the first man, Adam, or the blessing of the last man, Christ. And how everything that the last man, Christ, has accomplished for you helps you to overcome the curse of the first man, Adam. But you have to have an effort. There must be application by faith. A spiritual application of the word and its power to your life, and over in order to live that overcoming life, it is an effort to live by your flesh and your mind. Now, listen to me, it's no effort whatsoever. You will do it naturally, you will naturally do it. You will naturally let your mind dominate you, naturally let your flesh, everyone in the world does it. But when you got born again, it was not the great change of your life. You were made brand new. You are a new creature in Christ. Old things have passed away. All things have become new. Now the spiritual being that you are in reality has come alive unto God. Amen. 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 And it wants to rule. Its rightful place is to rule. So you can make a decision to be what? Carnally minded or you can make a decision to be spiritually minded. Amen. I mean, that's why my spiritual mind, when a lot of this started way back in March, I listened to it, I researched it, I did this, and I came to the point where my spiritual mind said this, get away from all that. Get away from all that information. Get away from all that stuff. Get away from all that. Get away. And you better just get into the Word of God and let your spiritual mind take this thing over. You know when that happened? I started having peace. I started having peace again. And the next thing you know, life began. I I know when it happened. It happened the week before prayer broke out in this church. I just made a decision. I'm not going to be carnally minded. You listen to all that's going on right now. In the political realm, the medical realm just about the social realm, just about every, and it's what? It's a manifestation of a tremendous amount of carnality. You say, well, how do you know that? It's self-serving. A carnal life is a selfish life. I want mine. I want mine. I have a right to mine. I want it now. I want it mine. It's mine. It's now. I mean, that's, that's just the way it is. And that's exploding all over the world. For to be carnally minded is what? Death. Now, what is death? We've studied this before. When it comes to the human experience, death is not the cessation of life. It is what? Separation. So to be carnally minded can cause death in your finances, death in your marriage, death with your dreams, death with anything that God has planned for you, which means what? You are separated from it. Well, you don't want that. God has a plan for your life. God loves you. God cares about you and paid an awesome, awesome price for you to have what He wants you to have. Amen. Let me just say it like this. It's worth going after. Amen. I said it's worth going after. Yeah. It's worth it to get rid of your carnal mind and to begin to develop a spiritual mind because when you begin to discover what God really has for you, I guarantee it's going to blow your mind it will blow your mind the things God has prepared for you. Amen. Verse 7. Because the carnal mind is enmity against God. Now notice, for it is not subject to the law of God. Now notice this. Neither indeed can be. That means your mind is messed up till you go to heaven. So I tell people, I'm just going to renew my mind, past the point where I won't have to worry about all that stuff no more. That ain't going to happen. You're going to have to fight your peanut brain till the day Jesus comes to get you or the day we close the lid. You're going to have problems with your mind. Your mind is going to try to doubt. Your mind is going to try to run everything. Your mind is going to try. It's going to be selfish it's going to be angry it's going to, it's going to stimulate all kinds of emotion it's going to listen if you let it it will run wild it'll run wild but thank god with the word of god you can corral your mind and bring it in literally into subjection to the word of god and the spirit of god that's why god's given you the power of the holy ghost and the power of the word of god to bring your mind into subjection of spiritual things Your mind does not want to tithe. Your mind does not want to pray. Your mind does not want to sing and worship God. Your mind does not want to give. Your mind does not want to be nice. Your mind, listen, your mind wants everything for you. It's a selfish mind and you're stuck with it. Good news. But the good news is when Jesus died, does anybody know where he died? He died on Golgotha the place of the skull. So he did something to do what? To empower you to overcome your mind. Now listen, listen to this in the Amplified. I like in the Amplified. Verse 7, That is because the mind of the flesh with its carnal thoughts and purposes is hostile to God. For it does not submit itself to God's law indeed now notice this it cannot some of you are waiting for your mind to change it won't well pastor i've just been coming to church waiting for my mind to change i bet been, you i've been praying waiting for my mind to change well i've been fasting wait it's not gonna change did you do you realize that now it's not going to change. It's not going to change. The good news is your spirit man can become so empowered that it does not matter what goes on in your mind because you're being dominated by your spirit and its unwillingness to change no longer becomes relevant because now you're not living by your mind. You're not letting it be empowered to run your life. You're living by the spirit of God that's on the inside of you. Let me say this because not, we're not teaching on this. We may get into this later. Renewing your mind does not change your mind. I've been in the process of renewing my mind for 37 years. You realize that? I still have to fight thoughts. I still have to bind the devil. I still have to speak to him when he puts negative things into my mind. Renewing your mind empowers your spirit by the word so that now the carnal mind has no power to make decisions. You understand that? It Doesn't mean it doesn't think the thoughts. It doesn't mean it, it's not subject to the enemy. It does not mean it means this thing that is God's enemy, that is an enemy to God, is not empowered in your life anymore. Amen. I don't want anything that's an enemy to God empowered in my life. Amen. Amen? I mean, I used to have all kinds of thoughts of addiction, thoughts of lust, thoughts of this, thoughts of that. I mean, all the time. Now I don't. You say, why? Well, because I've allowed my spirit man to be empowered. I can see him coming. I had a guy one time. Oh, bless his heart. He was all stirred up because I lived in Galveston. He found out that I like to surf. And he said, you, you actually go down to the beach? I said, yeah, i go down to the beach. He says, you, you really go down, to, down there where, where women wear bikinis? I said, I guess they do. He said, Well, what do you think about that? I said, I don't. I don't think like that anymore. Amen. Amen. Kinda of, it, it kind of blew a whistle on him. <laughs> Amen. But I don't think like that anymore. Amen. I just don't think like that anymore. I don't have those, I don't have those thought processes. And I can see them when they're coming. I know how to prepare a, a, an attack against them instead of letting them attack me. Listen, let me tell you something, church. With, with this COVID thing, you better win this war in your mind. You better win this war in your mind because this is just the first one. You let another one come, another one come, another one. You didn't win the war in your mind on the first. You say, what do you mean win the war in your mind? If all you do is allow all the negative information about what it is, how it's going to do this to you, how it's going to do that to you, what it's going to do, sure it's out there doing what it's saying. it's Sure, that's fine. But you cannot allow your mind to dwell on that to the point where your mind takes over your life and now you're running your entire life not led by the Spirit of God but led by COVID. And you think that you say, oh, "I never do." There's a lot of people right now that do, that are doing that. Their education isn't even leading them anymore. Their common sense isn't even leading them anymore. And it is a what? It is a fear, which is a spiritual force that has come and laid resident in the mind. I don't want COVID to motivate my actions and thoughts. I don't. I don't want. Democratic uh, politics Republican politics I don't want social issues I want the word That's where the life is That's where the light is I want to think the thoughts of God Now that's an effort You've got to put out the effort to do it But if you will It's amazing how it allows you To go over to the thermostat of thinking And turn down the thoughts that torment you And turn up the thoughts that bless you Let me tell you what it does it empowers you to have a choice. Amen. The Word of God and the Spirit of God empower you to have a choice. Let me read this in the... I'm going to read it in my Passion Bible. I like it. Verse 5. Those who are motivated by the flesh only pursue what benefits themselves. But those who live by the impulses of the Holy Spirit are motivated to, pur- to pursue spiritual realities. For the mindset of the flesh is death, but the mindset controlled by the Spirit finds life and peace. In fact, the mindset focused on the flesh fights God's plan and refuses to submit to His direction because it cannot. So well, I don't think I want to give. Of course! I don't think I want to pray. Of course! Does that surprise you? Well, I don't think I want to live holy. Of course! You think your carnal mind is a, oh yeah, you need to give a bunch of money. You need, you need to live holy. You mind, that's not in your mind. That's in your heart. That's in your spirit, man. But you determine what strength it has. There's nothing more miserable than knowing you're supposed to live a certain way, but because of your thinking and your flesh, you're not living that way because this is so weak and this is so strong. Thank God for mercy. Thank God for grace. Fall on the mercy of God. Say, Lord, forgive me for being lazy. Empower me to strengthen myself. I want to live by my spirit, not by my mind, not by my flesh, because I can't afford to live by my flesh and mind anymore. If you'll do that, the Holy Ghost, which is your what? Helper will help you do it. In fact, the mindset focused on the flesh fights God's plan and refuses to submit to His direction because it cannot. For no matter how hard they try, God finds no pleasure with those who are controlled by the flesh. I know it. Wow, say it backwards. Some of y'all get that about 4 o'clock in the morning. Amen. Amen. Where are we at here? 1 Corinthians chapter 2. Let me turn over there real quick. 1 Corinthians chapter 2. Got a couple of minutes left. Y'all love the Lord? Amen. Are you glad you're saved? Not going to hell? Amen. Isn't God good? Amen. Verse 12 of chapter 2, 1 Corinthians. It says, now we have received not the spirit of the world, but the spirit which is of God, that we might know the things that are freely given to us of God. I was meditating on this scripture years ago. I was flying flying overseas and I just had my Bible open. I was looking at that scripture, meditating. And the Lord spoke to me and he said, everything I have is freely given. The problem is it's not freely received. You know, we make up our own rules. We become our own legalistic masters. And when we do that many times, that's in our mind and in our flesh. And the devil uses that to inhibit us from receiving. Amen? Where was that? Now, verse, verse 13. Which things also we speak, not in words, which man's wisdom teacheth, but the Holy Ghost teacheth, comparing spiritual things with spiritual. But the natural mind, now the natural man we could say the natural mind, the flesh, receiveth not the things of the Spirit of God, for they are foolishness unto him, neither can he know them, because they are spiritually discerned. But he that is spiritual judgeth all things, but he himself is judged of no man. For who hath known the mind of the Lord, that he may instruct him, but we have the mind of Christ. Everybody say, we have the mind of Christ. The mind of Christ lies... In our spirit man, but it lies dormant till it's activated by our faith. I like to amplify. Amplified says, it's, it's real, a real, uh, little more po- poetic in the Amplified. It says, for who has known or understood the mind or the counsels and purposes of the Lord as to guide or instruct him and give him knowledge? But we have the mind of Christ the Messiah and do hold the thoughts and feelings and purposes of his heart. Woo! Now just think, within your spirit are what? The thoughts and the feelings and the purposes of his heart. Amen. Amen. I've always noticed over the years in ministering to people, many times we just lay hands on people by faith and minister to them. Other times there are gifts that are in operation. But anytime compassion, literally many times, when compassion begins to come on the scene, it's tangible. You can literally sense compassion. When compassion rises up, you're fixing to see a miracle. I mean, if you're praying with somebody, ministering to somebody, laying hands on somebody, and that compassion rises up in you, you're fixing to get a miracle. Pity is of man. Pity is looking at a situation and saying, ain't nothing I can do about that. Feel feel bad for him. Sorry for him. Ain't nothing I can do. Compassion is saying, I see it. I know the pain of it. I can do something about that. Amen. Amen. That's the mind of Christ. That's His feelings. That's His purposes. And in our spirit man, we hold the mind of Christ, but the carnal man or the carnal mind is God's enemy, and we have to recognize that. If we don't recognize that, then we don't recognize most of the trouble that we get ourselves into. What gets us into trouble? The way we think, the way we feel, and the choices we make. Now think about that. The, the, uh, the, the bedrock reality of what your soul is, is how you think, how you feel, and the choice you make because of what you think and how you feel. Amen? Now think about this for a moment. If you have an adversary that can put thoughts in your mind, now listen, he can't read your mind, but he knows you. He's had 6,000 years to study humanity and all the years you've been alive to study you. Amen? So he knows how to stimulate your thinking. And let me tell you something else. He knows how to give you a feeling. He knows how to... Give, he knows how to... He can put goosebumps on your, on your back or on your arm or he can make you feel warm and flushed or he can make you feel cold and dry. He, listen, he can produce a feeling. If you don't believe that, then I guarantee you, you haven't lived long enough. But if you've lived long enough and experienced a few things, have you ever felt Terror? I remember one trip I made across the North Atlantic. I could tell something was up when all the stewardesses started sitting down instead of serving dinner. Started buckling up. And the pilot came and said, oh, we're fixing to come into some rough air. We may be we may be bouncing into Dublin in about four hours. And when he said that, the plane dropped about 300 feet. Well, yeah. There was There was a bunch of nuns sitting behind. They were polishing those beads. I mean, and that plane, for four hours, we were... mm, mm, uh, uh, um, With every move, there was a feeling that was being produced. I guarantee you, it was was freaking me out. Till finally, I just said out loud. I was sitting right there. Nobody was sitting next to me. I, I I just said out loud, I don't care if this plane goes down. I will ride the wing down to the ocean and they will find me standing on the wing worshiping God. After I said that, I just put my head back and fell asleep. But I had to say it. When I said it, it overrode all those feelings and everything that was going on in my mind. The picture in my mind of Leah standing weeping over the coffin, you know, and the pastor saying, He was a good man, but you know, was, yeah, I guess he, he, he finished his course, you know. I'm not, Yeah, I want of that. Amen. See that's the devil the devil always will probe you with a thought. That's why Jesus said take no thought because he knows they're going to come. And he's looking for the one that you're going to what? The one that you're going to entertain. Because once you entertain that thought, he'll put in another thought. You entertain that thought, he'll put in another thought. You entertain that thought, here comes another one. And you get enough thoughts, it'll produce feeling well they really don't like me I don't feel like anybody likes me insecurities are built in people's lives that they suffer with all their life and just accept them as well that's just the way I am (laughs) or even worse that's the way God made me no he didn't make you that way you mean he made you an introvert No, He didn't make you that way. I'll let that settle in for a minute. It's something you need to do something about. Remember the first year I was in ministry having to get up in front of people and speak. You know, they say that the fear of death is only the second most fearful thing in the world. They say public speak. You get up and, and the devils is there something in your nose? Is your zipper down? Who was it that... Who was it? Jesse Duplantis. Y'all know Brother Jesse, he's a nut. He got up to preach, he's standing at the pulpit. The pastor's sitting in a chair in the back of the church, and he just goes, whoa, The pastor does, and comes dancing up the aisle and dances right past Jesse and goes, Your zipper's down. <laughs> That's horrifying. Amen. Oh, I, I, sure, that, the Lord opened a door for me to, to, to minister in Finland. And Finland's a strange place. And a, and a man was there pioneering a the work. Good man, good work. And the first time we went, they had about 35 people in the church. Second time we went, they leased the, the, the public meeting room of the city hall, it sat about 250 people. We had that place packed out. And I'm telling you, God moved so miraculously. And those, those stoic Finnish people were actually shouting, amening. And the power of God would fall. And they'd start laughing and, and just, you know, the, the service end like that. I mean, just, people were just, just rolling on the floor. I mean, you could never produce anything like that. Such joy, such a refreshing hit that place. And I looked around for the pastor and he was gone. And I thought, I wonder where he went. And so he came back. And he, I kind of mo- motioned to him, you know, it's your service, take, your, take the service. So he was, he was behind me and he steps up to the pulpit and the place flips upside down again. And people are rolling on the floor laughing and doing all this kind of stuff. I thought, oh, glory to God, man, another oh, wave of God's glory coming through here. So he turned around to me to see my reaction and he had gone to the bathroom and had left his zipper down and his white shirt was hanging out his zipper. <laughs> Well, that's an easy fix at the moment, but it traumatized him. I mean, it traumatized him. I pulled him up close and said, yeah, yeah, yeah. But see, that just shows you right there how your mind, if you allow the enemy in any area like that to encroach into your mind, that's why, that's why spiritual things, you, listen, you have to value them, you have to pursue them, and you have to make a decision that everything in my life is going to be cut off of the power of the word and the spirit that is in me that makes me the real person of who I am. And I'm not going to grab a hold of or entertain thoughts that come into my mind that the enemy's trying to use to stimulate my flesh to try to do a takeover in my life of how my spirit is supposed to be regulating my life and causing me to live. Amen. So I'm telling the enemy will do that. He does that through intimidation, through manipulation, through control and all kinds of thoughts that come into your mind. And let me say something, because uh, I know we've got some people in here that you're really educated, you, 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 uh, you, know, you have degrees, you're smart, that's, that's all well and good. But listen to this and never forget this. You cannot allow a strong intellect and mind, you cannot allow it to dominate your spirit by keeping your spirit weak because your mind is so strong. Amen. I heard a a, a brother say this years ago. I thought it was really good. He says one of the problems we have in ministry today, he was teaching pastors, he said one of the problems we have in ministry is we've educated our minds at the expense of our spirit man. So we have a good philosophical message now, but it has no roots in spirituality. It doesn't help people. And, and, And when you do that, well, thank God for a for a good education, for a strong mind. We urge everybody, get all the education that you need to do what you need to do. But don't educate your mind at the expense of your spirit. How much effort does it take to get a degree? A lot. I've got a daughter going to college right now. I watch how much she studies, how much she works. I mean, it is a, it is a, it is a great effort to do that. But if, you're, if that's the only thing you're putting your effort into, then you're going to end up with this great big mind who is in league with your flesh and your spirits gonna be jumping around going I want to do that and you just go oh, no we ain't doing that that's where religion comes from did you know religious is a soulish expression of man trying to reach up, for, reach up to God and always comes up short but Jesus is God reaching down to man and he never comes up short he never does amen one more scripture we'll close uh, Isaiah real quick Isaiah 55 is this helping anybody Isaiah 55, let's start in verse uh, 6. Seek the Lord while he may be found. Call upon him while he is near. Let the wicked forsake his way and the unrighteous man his thoughts. Let him return unto the Lord and he will have mercy upon him and to our God, and he will abundantly pardon. Now listen to what God says here. For my thoughts are not your thoughts, neither are your ways my ways, saith the Lord. For as the heavens are higher than the earth, everybody say higher. Say it again. For as the heavens are higher than the earth, so are my ways higher than your ways, and my thoughts higher than your thoughts. Then immediately he goes into teaching on seed time and harvest. On watering the seed, the process, which we actually, out of the Hebrew, uh, when it was translated into the Greek and the Latin, all the, we ended up with the word automatic. There is an automatic process that works. When you put a seed in the ground and water comes on it, life springs up out of that. And God is trying to show us minds are the same way. Thoughts are like seeds. They go into your mind. They look for a place in which germination can take place, and a place where they can get moisture and a way in which they can grow. Have you ever? I know at my house I've, I've done because I have to kill the stuff that tries to grow up i've watched these it's, it's always weeds and it's never it's not it's never a good tomato plant or a or a nice lemon tree it's always somewhere but it'll break through the concrete and you're like what is this thing doing breaking through the concrete this little striggly plant and it just keeps pushing and put and boom it finds a way and comes through the concrete and the concrete cracks and then it spreads out and then you got to go out with a roundup and spray it all and kill it all you ever notice that there was a seed under there. I said, there was a seed under there. And all, under all that concrete, there was a seed. And no, no telling how long that seed was under there. But eventually, that seed found some moisture. And when that seed found some moisture, that germination process took place and it sprouted. Well, it was a weed. It was not productive. didn't produce anything but a, but a cracked piece of concrete. You go along the edge of your house, all these places where they're, they're no, there should be nothing growing there. And something's growing there. And then when you try to grow something, it doesn't grow. I always threatened, I taught Bible school a lot. I thought, taught in one Bible school for 13 years. And I always threatened my Bible school students to, to uh, on the first day of school, to give them a plant, make them keep it on the desk, and to see how many could keep the plant alive and how many of the plant would die. I didn't do it. I didn't, I, didn't, I didn't want the testimony of the people's plants that died. They'd probably go out of there discouraged, amen. But there's people, I tell you what, every dog I get dies, every cat I get dies, every plant I dies, every plant I dies. So well, you ought to check up on yourself. There might be something going on in your life other than the dog dying, the cat dying, or the plant dying. Amen. Because the enemy, listen, there are seeds that lay dormant in people's minds. And buddy, when they, when they sprout, we're seeing that right now in mass. All of the stuff, things that are being said about, about, about people, about the races, about racism, about politics, about all the Where did all that come from? It's been in people's minds for years. It just needed some watering. And when it got some watering, it started to sprout and it started to produce its bitter fruit. And what, what does fruit do? Fruit provides substance, but it also provides more seed. Amen. That's why you've got to be careful what you listen to. Not only what you listen to, but how you listen to it. Because God's thoughts are not our thoughts. His ways are not our ways. So one of the best exercises you can do is to really come to a clarion reality in your own heart of this. My mind's messed up. My mind is really messed up. So what I'm going to do is I'm not going to try to fix my mind by working on my mind. I'm going to take care of the mind problem by working on my spirit and getting my spirit strong enough to where when thoughts come, I just don't entertain every thought that comes into my mind. Because every thought that you entertain is another invitation. Many times I see it like a bully. I don't know, uh, you know, I, I knew some guys that were bullies that were that were just kind of full of hot air, but I knew some, some real bullies that would just beat your brains out just because. Why not? That's what I want to do and so that's what I'm going to do. Amen. That The devil will hit you to see your response to that first hit. And your response to that first hit determines the velocity and power of the second hit that comes. But if you're the kind of person that the enemy hits you in the mind with some thought and you just put your hands, oh, thank you, Father. I thank you I've got the mind of Christ. I carry in my heart His purpose, His feelings, His desires. Thank you, Lord. I'm renewing my mind daily with the Word of God. Devil, in the name of Jesus, I don't think like that anymore. Pack up your baggage and get out of my mind in Jesus. He's not going to have anything to hit you with again. And you'll be amazed how many of those things we just accept is, well, that's just the way I am when it's not the way you are. It's not the way God made you. God made you free. He made you to be, uh, to walk in victory. He made you to be full of joy, full of peace, to be blessed. And he also made you to be able to go through every crisis of life and come out on the other side victorious. Amen. That's why said, there's scriptures in the Bible like in the book of James it says, count it all joy. When you fall into diverse temptations. What does that mean? That literally means when, a, when an attack comes against you to do what? To count it all joy. What is joy? Joy is singing. Joy is laughing. Joy is dancing. It's not happiness. See, we, we're so geared to happiness. And so many people's happiness is being encroached upon right now. That's why we have record numbers of depression in our nation right now. They say they're just giving out psychiatric drugs just by the truckloads because there's so much depression. The illicit drug market has just exploded. Alcoholism has exploded. You say, "Why well, people are depressed. They're under oppression. But the joy of the Lord is our strength. And when a problem, a situation, a circumstance, a trial or temptation comes and you do what? That enemy, that bully winds up and hits you and you just put your hands up start worshiping God. You come on to church anyway, you give anyway, you sing the songs anyway, you worship God, you, you just keep on moving forward in everything that you're supposed to be doing. I guarantee you, he don't have any power in that second strike. Third strike? Fourth. He's gonna to have to I like what it says in, in Matthew chapter four verse eleven. It says, Then the devil leaveth him. And angels come and minister unto him. What did the devil do? He kept throwing punches at Jesus and Jesus kept doing, It's written, it's written that third time he said get behind me Satan it is written and the Bible says angels came and ministered and the devil left him years ago in meditating upon that scripture the Lord said to me there should be extended periods of time in your life in which you have no problems with the devil at all because every trick he's tried to pull on you did not work so he has to go back and regroup try to figure out some other way and the good news is that's the will of God for your life some of you for years, it's been one trial after one, tri- after one tribulation. And if you'll just go back and do the inventory and just check it out, it all began with a thought that came into your mind that you took hold of and captured. You know, history t- shows us how powerful thoughts can be. When we look at an event like World War II, which they say, probably close to 250 million people lost their lives. When you look at everything that happened to the German people, everything that happened to the Russian people, everything that happened to the Chinese people, and everything that happened to the Japanese people, what really happened to the American people is small compared to those other nations. They lost millions of people. Millions of people. That started in the mind of a little perverted Bavarian corporal. And that thing got watered. And that thing grew. And next thing you know, everything that the devil wants a thought to do is what? He wants it to be spoken. Because if you can capture a thought, I mean, if you can impart a thought that somebody takes and begins to allow other thoughts to come, eventually they're going to begin to do what? Speak it. And if you speak it enough, you're going to act on it. That's, That's faith in reverse. On the other side of the coin, you get the Word of God and you start meditating on it. And you force your mind to roll that scripture over and over. You mutter it under your breath. Thank you, Father. Oh, I thank you, Lord. You supply all of my need. You delivered me from the power of darkness. You translated me into the kingdom of your dear son. Oh, the same spirit that raised Christ from the dead dwells in me. It quickens my mortal body. And then next thing you know, you got your hands up and you're worshiping God. You're thanking him for it. Thank you, Father. The same spirit that raised Christ from the dead dwells in me. And then all of a sudden, you know, your throat gets a little dry and you kind of cough. (coughs) And the devil says to you, that's COVID. Or he'll do he'll do something worse than that. That's lung cancer. You say no devil. It is written, the same Spirit that raised Christ from the dead, it dwells in me. It quickens. It makes a, all of a sudden you've taken that thought captive. You've destroyed its ability to be planted in your mind as a seed, and you've taken another step closer to living totally by the Spirit, man, and not by the flesh and the mind. Amen love the Lord? Amen. Lift your hands up. Father, we thank you tonight for your word, that the entrance of your word brings light and life to us. Thank you, Heavenly Father, that the anointing of your spirit that's encapsulated within these words goes into, into the heart of your people and where there has been a planting of the adversary to try to put seed thoughts in their mind that will harm and hurt. Thank you, the good seed of the word of God goes into the good soil of their heart and produces the harvest of an ability and power to control the flesh and mind. Thank you tonight for every person receiving something from you, Lord, that will empower them mightily to be an overcomer of the desires of the flesh and the thoughts of the carnal mind. Thank you that our spirit men are growing, that we're maturing, that all the inadequacies of our life are being addressed by your word and that we are coming out the other side victorious. Men and women of God, strong in the Lord and in the power of His mind. We thank you for it Father. Thank you Lord Jesus. Thank you Lord Jesus. Now real quick before we leave if you so desire if not that's fine with me. I don't one way or another If you're here tonight, you say, Pastor, I have really been fighting a fight with my mind lately. I've been having just thoughts. They've been bombarding my mind. I know it's the adversary. I'm just really having a difficult time with my thoughts. I want you to stand up. I'm going to pray for you. I want you to stand up. Sometimes you just need a little help. Amen. Sometimes you just need a little help. Hallelujah. Let everybody... Now... For you that are standing, people still standing, praise God. Make sure everybody that needs to stands. Now, for everybody standing, now listen. You can't go home and say, well, pastor prayed for me, everything's going to be all right. It ain't. You're going to fight a fight when you walk out the door. But what this is going to do is this is going to give you a little bit of opportunity, a little bit of room. We're going to believe God. The anointing of God is going to touch your mind that the devil is going to have to stay his attack against your mind for a period of time as you you build yourself up. You say, well, how do I do that? Pray, read your Bible. If you've got a phone, get on our website, listen to our messages. Amen. Get a prosperity book from Christopher Alam, Get other books. Begin to saturate yourself with the Word. Give yourself that opportunity to have a breakout spiritually. And I guarantee you if you'll do it on this level, God will bring you to another level. But right now, listen, there is a tremendous attack in the body of Christ against the minds of people. It's a tremendous attack that's going on. But the good news is, we already have the victory. And you have to accept it. Amen. You have to yield to it. So lift your hands up, everyone that's standing. And let me pray. I'm going to pray. And as I pray, you receive it. Everybody say, I'll receive. Say it again, I'll receive. Heavenly Father, right now, in the name of Jesus, thank you for the authority that we have in that mighty name. Satan, you are defeated. We remind you of your defeat 2,000 years ago. We know that Jesus, upon His cross, spoiled every demon power, every principality, every evil ruling spirit, and that he released a provision of blessing so that men and women could live free in their minds from the torment of the adversary. Devil, in the name of Jesus, according to Scripture, we bind you in Jesus' name. We declare over every one of these individuals that tonight there will be relief refreshing and a release in their minds in jesus name father i pray over them that you will impart a spirit of wisdom revelation in the knowledge of you a great big want to that they will step over into the spirit realm with prayer, with, 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 with study of the word, uh, exposing themselves to teaching, coming to church, they will get the victory that already belongs to them and walk in it and overcome it. Fear, we bind you. Intimidation, we bind you. Yes, Lord. Thoughts. Thoughts of not being able to make it. Thoughts of sickness and disease. Thoughts of suicide and addiction. Thoughts of perversion. Thoughts that invade the mind of terror and all of that which the enemy is trying to produce in the earth. We say in the name of Jesus, you leave God's people alone in Jesus' name. And we release right now a peace. Lord, you said in Philippians, A peace that garrisons the mind, that sets up a guard around the mind. You said it like this, Lord. A peace that passes all understanding will garrison our minds and hearts in Christ Jesus. So, Father, I thank you. You give them some relief, some release, some refreshing, and that they have that want to on the inside of them to build their spirit man's strength so that those thoughts will not torment any longer. Now, we ask that in Jesus' name. And we ask it, believe and we receive it. Everybody say that. Believe and we receive it. Say it again. Believe and we receive it. Say it one more time. Believe and we receive it in Jesus' name. Amen. Everybody else stand up. Praise the Lord. Thank you, Father. Tonight, each and every one of us take hold of these words into our heart. We thank you, Heavenly Father. The strength of your mighty spirit is in us. We are not defeated. We are more than conquerors. And we thank you in the realm of our mind and flesh, we are overcomers. As we leave tonight, thank you for your provision of protection and safety. We declare, according to your word, no evil befalls us. No plague comes nigh our dwelling place. Angels have charge over us. Thank you, Father, whether we travel on the highways, airways, seaways, railways, any other way of travel or transportation. In our life's work, handling the resource you give us, our business, our job, wherever we go, whatever we do, we are not subject to terror, to trauma, to accidents, to evil plans of wicked men or the devil himself. Father, we thank you also for a great door of utterance that we do possess in our spirit mind the mind of Christ. We do hold dear his thoughts, his purposes, and his intents. Let us be a blessing to people, problem to the devil, a miracle in people's lives. Let us be that which you've called us to be as we live and share the glorious gospel of the Lord Jesus Christ. Father, we leave tonight walking in faith and love towards you. We walk in love one toward another. We leave as the ambassadors of Christ you've called us to be. Thanking you, Lord, here at Island Church. We're covered by the blood, powered by the word, anointed by the heart. Thank you for listening to Island Church's podcast. To find out more information about Island Church in Galveston, Texas, visit our website at islandchurchgalveston.com. Hallelujah.